Take your Bibles, turn to Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter number 18 is where we'll start this morning and get into the scriptures. Jeremiah 18. I want to share a simple thought with us on this subject matter of a vessel in his hands. A vessel in his hands. If you found Jeremiah right close to the the middle of the Bible, Jeremiah chapter 18, if you're able to, let's stand together as we read the scriptures. We're going to begin in verse number 1 and read down through verse number 10. Jeremiah 18 Verse number one, the Bible says, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter? Saith the Lord, Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it. If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. And at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it, if it do evil in my sight, that it obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit them. Back in verse number four, the Bible says, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. A vessel in his hands. Let's have a word of prayer and then you can be seated. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the word of God. (coughs) Lord, I'm so thankful for your purpose and plan in our lives. Thank you that you watch over us. Thank you, Lord, that you take care of us with such great care. And Lord, we are simply a vessel in your hands. Now, I pray, Lord, that you'd encourage us through these next few moments as we look at the Scriptures, apply them to our hearts and lives. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. (coughs) Amen. You may be seated. Many have asked, and I'm sure that the conversations will continue to take place over the next weeks and months to come about the Israel trip. And yes, I will say stay tuned. And I'll ask within the next couple weeks that if there is interest, uh, then we are able to, after this one, uh, be able to organize one and uh, be able to take a group over there um, that we would be able to set some things up. And so you begin praying about that. I know that there's several questions, insight, um, things to be able to discuss, be able to talk about. But I'm not sure if there will ever be an adequate number of words to be able to exactly describe what it is, to be able to know for sure that you are where the steps of the Lord Jesus Christ, where he walked, There were some things, of course, that were speculation. This very possibly could have been 
or he came ashore here. There were a couple times throughout the trip that that I'll allude to later on and and have some some pictures and be able to show and try to convey the message that without a shadow of a doubt, uh, the Lord Jesus was there and his feet uh, touched those spots and it's been excavated, it's been cleaned off. And so to be able to adequately describe that, I mentioned that in the video on last Sunday afternoon when we looked at the uh, the remains and the archaeological dig uh, there of the synagogue in Magdala and looked at those things. I will say, as I mentioned in that video, this place is real. And everything that we read in the scriptures, um, they are real places, real events that took place. If I would have to try to summarize and bring this down to one word that we would look at, and that's what caused my heart to go this direction uh, for this morning in our morning service, if there'd be one word to be able to summarize everything over in the, the nation of Israel and then to try to compare and apply it to our hearts and lives, I believe I'd have to come back to the word purpose. And you say, well, that's a a strange word to actually apply to all of this. But I thought about as we looked across that nation that that God has a purpose for the nation of Israel. All the way back starting, we won't get into it this morning, in Genesis chapter number 12, when the nation of Israel is being established uh, through the patriarch Abraham and then down through the ages. Absolutely amazing the miracles that have taken place for God to be able to protect that nation and protect his people. But then as we apply things, we come over to Jeremiah chapter 18, and I was thinking about this passage of scripture and specifically about this word purpose, that each and every one of us, listen, God does have a purpose and a plan for each and every one of our lives. We're reminded of that back in the Psalms. I specifically think about Psalm 139 when he says that David says that his thoughts towards us are more in number than the than the sand of the sea. As Jeremiah would say a few chapters later in relationship to the nation of Israel in Jeremiah 29, he said, I know the thoughts, the plans that I have towards you. And the end of that verse says they're, they're thoughts of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end and a purpose. And as we look at Jeremiah chapter 18 and this subject matter of a vessel in his hands, this object lesson that God is giving through Jeremiah to the nation of Israel here and said, I want you to visualize, go down to the potter's house, and I want you to see what's taking place down there. And listen, the summary of the the account, the story that's taking place is Jeremiah said, I saw a potter and he had a, a work that he was working with on the wheel. In other words, he's trying to form something that's there. And he said that that piece of pottery was actually marred in the hands of the potter, which may I remind us is not a mistake. If you think this example breaks down because of that statement, it's not a mistake from the potter on why it's marred. But it actually, and we'll deal with it in a little while, that the impurities of the actual clay 
is what causes it to be marred. And he breaks that down and forms another one. And I thought, Lord, as the Lord and the potter looks at this, we are the vessel, we are the clay, he is the potter. And we are to be a vessel in his hand, but yet the purpose that he has for each and every one of our lives. Listen, if you don't get anything else from this morning as we're going through the scriptures, understand this, that there is a God in heaven that knows who you are and has a purpose and a plan and cares enough about your life to make it that individualized. And we'll see some things. The first thing I want you to see starting here in chapter number 18 is the desire of the potter for the vessel. Now, and these are actual uh, pictures that we took. We stood there and, and watched him with these hands right here making this piece of pottery as we stood there on Tuesday. But can I remind us of this, that before any potter will start with any piece of clay, there is a desire in his heart that he has for this vessel when it is completed. And I want you to see a few things that first of all, that this vessel, how is this thing supposed to change? This vessel, there's three things I noticed about it that first of all, he desires for this vessel to be a completed vessel. You know, he does not just start off and say, let me put the most intricate details into this piece of pottery and then just say, okay, I have no plans for it and I'm just going to break it down and not do anything with it. And I thought about in relationship to the Lord, do you understand that he does not start things with our lives and get halfway through and say, okay, I don't have anything for them. You understand what Paul said in Philippians chapter number one, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in me will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Do you understand that God desires to finish what he has started in your life and mine? He is looking for a completion. There is a day you say, what's the completion? Listen, the Bible says that we are predestined, according to Romans chapter 8 and verse number 29, we are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. We are to be a vessel that looks like the Lord Jesus, that acts like the Lord Jesus, has the character of the Lord Jesus. But let me say this, not just a completed vessel, because at this moment that vessel is not and was not completed. But here's what I noticed about this man at this moment and the same thing about the Lord Jesus. He's not just having a completed vessel, but here's what I noticed. I noticed this man's eyes. And I notice that he has a cared for vessel. Do you understand while he was talking to us that while he was working that work on the wheel that he wasn't trying to form it and not pay attention to it. He was so intent and at this moment he is so intent on the work that he is accomplishing. And I thought, listen, the care that went into this vessel does not even compare 
to the care that the Lord Jesus Christ has for each and every one of us as he is forming us with his hands. He is the potter. We are the clay. And as he is working on our lives, listen, how many grew up singing the song, he's still working on me. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars, but he's still working on me. I mean, he can create everything in six days, but listen, I've been a child of God for 41 years now, and I'm by no means close to perfect. And I'm saying, Lord, I know you're still working on me. He can speak some things into existence, but for other things as he's working on our lives, he takes so much care and meticulous activity upon our lives to say, listen, I just want you to look like Christ. I just want to conform you to his image. It's amazing. And and listen, as he's working through this process, and and here's where the parallels come in, we could even see Miss Crystal took the, the these pictures. She actually took these, edited these pictures, and uh, and had them ready for me today. So you you pray for her getting her rest. But uh, the previous picture, she said, here's what I appreciated about it. She said every 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 couple moments, as the potter is working on this vessel. He takes his hands off and he dips them back in water and then brings them back out and he continues to mold and, be, and, and continue to form them. Listen, you say, how does that apply to us? Listen, all the way through the scriptures, the Bible says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to the word of God. Get over to the gospels and over and over again, the word of God is referred to as the water of the word. And I thought, you understand what Jesus is desiring to do in our lives, the desire of the potter for your life to make you into a vessel that is fit for the master's use. And God, with so much care, is forming us to complete us. But then I'll remind us of this, and you can see it on on the the slide that's there. But uh, it is a, in relation to this, it is a consecrated vessel. You say, what do you mean? Well, a consecrated vessel, and we could take the time to go over into the New Testament specifically in 2 Timothy chapter number 2, says that we're supposed to be a vessel that is fit for the master's use, that we're supposed to be purged from the things of this world. We're supposed to have sin out of our lives. A consecrated vessel, there were times as we were walking through some of the things that we drank out of, some of the things that we ate out of. Listen, A consecrated vessel is a vessel set aside for a specific purpose. You ever tried to eat your meal out of a glass? It's not what it's designed for, is it? But we do have plates for it. We do have separate identities when it comes to these vessels that are consecrated and set aside. And what God's trying to do, you say, listen, I just feel like I'm on a potter's wheel and the things that are taking place in my life, I'm just spinning around And I don't know which direction I'm supposed to go. And it just seems like he's spinning around, spinning around. What in the world is God trying to do? Be assured with this. Listen, he does not allow that spinning and that confusion to take place without his hands being on the very piece of clay that he is trying to form. And so understand through all of this that you are still in the hands of God and he still has a purpose and still has a plan for your life. You say, I don't understand it. Listen, 
This is mentioned back in Isaiah. This is mentioned over in Romans. Never once did this vase that you're looking at, I never once heard the vase look back up at the potter and say, what in the world are you doing to me? Never once did I hear that take place. But I will say there's a God in heaven and he so desires and has a plan, listen, for each and every one of our lives. But then we notice something here, and I went back and I reread verse number four. And I want us to understand this. It says, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. And I want you to see right here in, at the end of it, so he made it again. I want you to see this decision to remake the vessel. The decision to remake the vessel. The Bible says it was marred. If you go back and just look for the definition of what it means for something to be marred, it means to be injured or to hurt or to impair the strength or purity of it. Is simply what that little three-letter word mar means. And it says that it was marred in the hands of the potter, not from the hands of of the potter. And so there's a decision that the potter made at this moment. And I want you to see as we look at this, and I went up and I asked this potter, I said, can you show me one that is marred in the making? And without hesitating, he reached down and he grabbed that piece of pottery and he turned it over and showed it to me. And you, you, see, the, you see the cracks on the bottom of it? You see how it, it was marred? He, he finished that and the cracking and the separating and coming off that left-hand side, there's that crack that's coming from the rounded edge up towards the handle. He said the, 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 the vessel was marred in the hand of the potter. Now, it's not marred from the hand of the potter, but when the decision is made to remake the vessel, can I give us some hope right here at this moment? You say, that's me right now. That's probably the best picture of every one of us right now is, listen, every one of us can say that there's impurities and there's injuries and there's things in our lives that do not make us a pure vessel in the hand of the Lord. But listen, it's not up to us to fix all of them, but there is a potter that knows exactly what's in our lives. He knows exactly what's taking place. And can I remind us, it says here that he made again another vessel and understand as seemed good to the potter to make it. Not that the vessel looked at the potter and said, like we do sometimes, oh, I would rather be this. You know, that, that, that wash basin gets used a whole lot more than what this other piece that's just is on display and never gets pulled out of the cabinet. I'd rather be a, a piece of a vessel that actually gets used more. Listen, it's not up to our pleasure, but God is desiring to make us into the vessel as it seems good to him. It is for his honor and his glory. Now, the reason may be, and let's keep it in the context of Scripture here, because at this point, he's saying this to the nation of Israel, and he says, listen, this is exactly how I can deal with the nation of Israel. He said, your disobedience or your obedience 
determines whether you get broken down and remade over. He said, and I can bring judgment. I can bring purification, whether it be because of sin or, or impurities in the life. He said, the potter has the right to do that, and it's for his glory. Now, I asked him a question while I was standing there, and at this point when I was asking him the question, I did not have this message on my heart. I had this passage on my heart. And I said, sir, I said, can I ask you a question? He said, yeah. I said, that piece right there. I said, can that be broken down and made over again? I already knew the answer. You say, how did you know the answer? Bible tells me so. He confirmed the Bible. I said, can that be broken down and actually be remade? He said, it sure can. He said, up until the point that we put it in the fire and it comes out three days later. We won't deal with that right now. And it comes out, he said, every piece we put in the fire and it comes out three days later. He said, up until that point, he said, I can break that down, add water to it. And he said, I can, it can be formable and pliable in my hands. And I thought, Lord, listen, there's still hope. No matter what life you come in contact with, no matter what situation, and you say, listen, that's me. You don't know how flawed and how marred my life is right now. Listen, there is still hope that there is a God in heaven that can still take your life and can still reform that and can still make it into a vessel that is fit for the master's use. He can still do that. You say, well, pastor, I believe that I'm past hope and nothing can be done. Listen, you're still alive. You're still breathing. There's a God, listen, a master that is able to take that and, and with enough water of the word, listen, applied to anybody's life, it'll sure soften the heart. It'll sure break that down and it'll sure blend that together and say, okay, God, I am pliable. Do what you desire to do with my life. Don't ever get to the point that you say, hey, I'm too far gone. He can't do anything with me. He said, as long as it's here and it's not been put through the fire and it's not been finished off and we say we're done with it, he said, we can still make it anew and make another vessel. Listen, the decision to remake it. It's not your decision. It's not my decision. It is. And, I, and then I, I want you to see this. As we're put into the fire, you say, well, I don't want to be there. This was actually, if you turn around from where he was working, this was actually about 10 feet away from him. One of the old ovens to be able to put that in. And sitting on top of that are these three pieces right here. Now, all three of these have gone through the fire. All of these have been made by the potter. You can tell that they're different colors. And listen, there are variations to each one of them. But listen, as these go through the fire, and as these things are being purified and hardened, a vessel fit for the master's use, let me remind us, the decision came from the potter. 
And when it got to a certain point, the potter said, put it in the fire and let it come out the other side, ready to be used by the Lord. Now, as I noticed on this, and I just want to close with these few thoughts right here. Not only do we have the desire from the potter to be able to make a vessel, and what God is desiring to do in your heart and life, listen, there's going to be some times for you to be used by the Lord, and you say, I want to be the vessel. This is the hardest part. You say, but I'm on the spinning wheel and I feel like I'm spinning around. But then listen, he forms you to where you need to be and it starts to dry out, places you in the fire. Listen, every person goes through it for the point of being used by the Lord. And the desire of the potter to be able to use you as a vessel fit for the master's use. And listen, there are times in your life, in my life, that he sees some things that need to be taken out, that are impurities, that, are, that, that need to be eliminated. And listen, he may just start saturating us with the word of God and break us down again. It's up to him when this goes in the fire. It's up to him when it comes out and says this is ready to be used. You say, but God, I don't need to be broken down and reformed. God, I don't need to go through the fire. It's not your decision, not my decision. But I did notice this because you say, well, if we're all going through that and the decision's been made, are we all just coming out on the other side? I want you to see this. They don't all look alike. Then I want you to see what was sitting in front of this potter. The diversity that came out of that oven. You say, what do you mean? Well, here's some pitchers, here's some vases, here's some plates, here's some bowls, here's some lamps. Every type of thing. You say, who decided that? Pastor, did, did you make a decision over there? Not me. Did that vase say, I want to be a vase, so make me a vase? But then the other one says, I want to be an oil lamp, so make me an oil lamp? No, none whatsoever. But the diversity, aren't you thankful we're not all the same? What if every one of us came out the other side and we were all just a bunch of robots walking in here on a Sunday morning? I'm thankful we're not all the same. But listen, we may not all be the same, but by God's grace, we're all designed and created by our potter. And every one of these that are here, you say, well, there's a few of them that I'd throw away. When I asked him, is there any that are marred? Now listen, he didn't reach into the garbage can and say, here's one. And I threw it away. He didn't do that. He reached off the table. In fact, it's down there, actually about two-thirds of the way down the table, <laughs> that he reached off that table and picked it up and showed it to me. I said, listen, the diversity of it, not all of us are made the same, not all of us have the same purpose, but all of us are to bring glory to the one who created us. And the entire purpose of our lives is to be able to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Different purpose, different looks, different designs, but all of us are to glorify our Creator. 
And I thought there's several that are sitting here this morning, and you may say, but I come from this area of life. This is my background. These are the things that I've gone through. You want to talk about impurities in life, and you want to talk about being marred. Pastor, just spend some time with me, and I can give you a grocery list of how marred my life is. Not once did he say, I'm throwing it away. Not once did he just throw it off up against a wall and say, just break it. He didn't say that. He didn't say, I'm done with it. But he said, I can mold it back down, soften it up, remake it into something for the master's use. Now listen, don't despise the work of the potter in your life. God has a purpose. God has a plan. You say, do I understand it? I don't. And you may not understand it in your life. There's some things I still look back over the years and I say, God, what in the world? What in the world were you thinking through all of this? And I still don't know. But here's what I found out. Everything that has been part of my life that God's had to break down, that God's had to rebuild, that God's had to bring me through, every bit of it is part of who I am at this moment, right now, in my life. And I say, Lord, I so desire to glorify you with who I am, what you've brought me through. You say, well, Pastor, I don't want to go through all those things. Pastor, I don't, I don't want these things. Listen, there's so much care in the hands of the potter to be able to make sure that he is forming us into who he desires for us to be. Now, here's where the trust and the faith comes in is believing that he does have our best interest in mind. He does care about us. He does love us. He is trying to encourage us, listen, help us all the way through the scriptures, cast all your care upon him. You say, but pastor, these flaws that are in my life, we will come out the other side, a vessel fit for the master's use. Now, the care that God has for us doesn't compare to the care that I have for you, that you have for someone else. We want to see lives molded for the glory of God. We see all of that, but listen, what God's trying to do is make us more like Christ. And when we look at the work of the potter, I'm sure there were other pieces that were sitting in this potter's shop, but that's not where his attention went to. He said there was a work that was being done. What Jeremiah said in chapter 18, he said that work right there that was being done, he said it was marred. He said, but he didn't throw the clay away. How many are thankful in your life and especially in my life that in this object lesson that God's given to us here, how many are thankful he didn't throw the clay away, (laughs) the clay that's our lives, that he looked at us and said, You know something, Nate? You're awfully flawed. You're marred. The impurities that affect the strength. But I'm not just going to throw that clay away. But I can sure make it into something that's honoring and glorifying and can be used. I thought, Lord, if you'd help us to realize. Now, listen, you may be here today. You've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior. Can I remind you of this? There's a God in heaven that loves you, cares for you, has a purpose and a plan for your life. And you may be sitting here saying, I am a child of God. 
<laughs> but my life is so messed up. There is so much. I don't know what to do with it. I mean, it's spinning, going in every direction. Hey, listen, trust the hands of the potter. He can take all of that. Listen, you're not on the spinning wheel of the potter without his hands being around you. And he'll just keep taking the word of God and he'll keep applying it, allowing it to soak in. And you'll become pliable, get formed into what Christ desires for your life. Just trust the process. Trust the Lord. Trust the word of God. Lord, you know what you're doing and I may not. (laughs) But God, I'm going to trust you on it. And boy, when we come out the other side, boy, I'm so thankful. I've got some things in my office that I'd be able to show to you. I walked away from this right here, and I, and I walked in and picked up a little oil lamp that was made by this man, and right here on this wheel, that they felt was good enough, put it out there for the public. It's for display. And I thought, what a blessing that God's trying to do for us and do in our lives. Would you trust him to do it? Would you believe him? And say, no, I'm just going to fly off the handle. I'm going I'm to fly off the wheel. And my life's just going to be splattered all over the walls, the clay of my life. No, what God's trying to do, he's got his hands around you. Would you let him form you? you let you be used as a vessel for the master's use. Just trust the Lord in it.